0: Story one, chapter thirteen of the dwarfs Chamber and Other Stories by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, story one chapter thirteen dr price is mysterious not until the evening did warwick find an opportunity of conversing with the doctor for on the plea of requiring his assistance to arrange some papers lord lelanro kept him by his side for the greater part of the afternoon it seemed to the youth as though his patron desired to acquaint himself with every turn of his character to test his knowledge in every way and to note his bearing on all occasions with inquisitive persistence he questioned the young man of his early life of his school training of his ideas regarding the duties of landowners and in fact he ended by nearly exhausting warwick's patience as well as his knowledge nevertheless his gratitude for constant favours enabled him to bear amiably the trying senility of the old lord and then dismissed finally he received many handsome compliments on his good humour and education i am glad to see that you have a respect for your elders mr warwick said lelanro with great satisfaction believe me you will lose nothing by submitting blindly to my guidance you have not yet heard from autolycus he asked abruptly no my lord i expect a letter to-morrow inform me of its contents without delay mr warwick i am anxious to see this protector of your youth on the earliest possible occasion MAY I ASK, MY LORD, IF IT IS BECAUSE YOU DOUBT MY HONESTY THAT YOU SEEK AN INTERVIEW WITH Autolycus NOT AT ALL, NOT AT ALL, MR. Warwick. THAT MY REASONS FOR SPEAKING WITH Autolycus ARE CONNECTED WITH YOU, I DO NOT DENY. BUT YOU QUITE MISAPPREHEND MY OPINION OF YOUR CHARACTER, IF YOU THINK FOR A MOMENT THAT I DO NOT IMPLICITLY BELIEVE ALL THAT YOU HAVE TOLD ME i should think added lelanro with some reproach that my efforts to make your stay pleasant would have interpreted my opinion correctly i beg your pardon my lord replied warwick hurriedly i have no right to ask questions as you no doubt are acting for the best but the poor are ever suspicious lelanro patted the youth's flushed cheek with two wrinkled fingers and laughed kindly in a few weeks you will understand my motives for acting thus said he gently believe me i have your welfare at heart now you can go mr warwick but pray do not forget to inform me about autolycus when you hear thus dismissed warwick bowed and not without an effort left the room he felt that he was surrounded by mysteries which concerned him closely and dearly he would have liked to question his patron But the attitude of lelanro indicated a certain reserve so warwick bridling his curiosity for the moment sought the society of madame tot and fiddled away his thoughts till dinner-time during the meal lelanro discussed politics and strove to interest warwick in the intricacies of statecraft the attempt was idle as celia being near him the amorous young man had more ear for her musical laugh and frivolous talk than for all the wisdom of eld when love is in the heart ambition is out of the mind after dinner warwick tearing himself away from the too pleasant society of celia hastened to the study of dr price On the threshold a new surprise awaited him, for hardly had he reached the door, when it opened suddenly and the booksome form of Miss Sally appeared. She was as surprised to see him, as he was to set eyes on her, at so late an hour, in so unexpected a position. "'Dear heart,' said Mistress Sally, patting her ample bosom with a fat hand, "'how you startled me, sir!' i have just been to see good dr price to ask him about my health which mr warwick concluded the rosy-cheeked landlady with an affected sigh is none of the best i do assure you sir warwick laughed at the palpable untruth but nevertheless having no reasonable excuse to express his disbelief he said a few kind words and entered the study mistress sally saw the door close and gazed on it for a few moments with a bewildered expression if it should be so muttered the landlady to herself i shall believe walter ballard to have been more fool than knave after which enigmatic sentence she proceeded to the housekeeper's room for an hour's gossip before returning to her snug inn as was afterwards observed by the housekeeper mistress sally was singularly distraught during their cosy conversation meanwhile warwick was seated near the desk talking to dr price and trying to elicit from that astute individual the reason for mistress sally's unexpected visit the attempt proved a failure for price was disinclined to make a confidant of his visitor and so carefully avoided giving the least information, that Warwick naturally felt a trifle hurt. "'I do not know why you should withhold your confidence, doctor,' said he, biting his lip. "'You may be sure that I have a sufficient reason for asking these questions.' "'I may have a sufficient reason for declining an answer for all you know,' replied Price dryly. "'But if you inform me of your motive, I may be less reticent.' now i'll be bound mr warwick continued the doctor bending forward that of late you have been building castles in the air i do not deny it said the young man reddening i am naturally of an observant disposition and from certain hints and from noting the actions of those around me am inclined to believe that you have some claim to belong to the lelanro family "'Why, yes, doctor,' replied Warwick, surprised at this correct interpretation of his thoughts. "'I cannot deny that my mind has been busy with such a possibility.' "'On what grounds do you base this assumption?' questioned Price calmly. "'I hardly know how to answer that question. I have really only a vague belief without much foundation. You know my story, Price.' "'Yes, and a very interesting story it is.' "'Well?' "'As I mentioned, it was not without design that I came to the village of Dalesford. Ballard,' said Warwick, with some emphasis, "'is not a common name.' "'Well, no,' replied Price dubiously, "'and yet you can hardly say it is uncommon. You refer to the man in London?' "'Partly, and to Mistress Sally also. I have discovered that he was her brother.' "'Was her brother Warwick? Yes, he is now dead.' price expressed no surprise at this intelligence so that warwick was more convinced than ever that mistress sally had come on other than medical business to the manor after a pause said the doctor well sir ballard of london is now dead and i presume you have given up all thought of discovering your real name and that of your father why no price on the contrary i have now a reasonable expectation of learning the truth indeed "'I should be glad to know the grounds on which you base these expectations,' said Price dryly. He settled himself comfortably in his chair, and looked anxiously at Warwick. The young man hesitated for a few moments, then, with a sudden resolution, laid bare his mind with youthful impetuosity. "'Though indeed,' said he, with some petulance, "'I do not rightly see why I should confide in you, seeing that you hold aloof and treat me with suspicion.' "'My dear lad, I do not treat you with suspicion,' cried Price, holding out his hand, "'and I have a reason for holding aloof. You will learn what it is soon enough. Meanwhile, let me hear your story.' "'You already know most of it,' replied Warwick, frankly. "'As I told you, my father recommended me to seek out this ballard in London as one likely to aid me in the search for my family.' before i set off for london for the second time autolycus told me that he had reason to believe that ballard came from Dalesford and advised me to turn aside and see if he was there what reason had he to believe that oh, indeed i cannot say price unless it was that in one of his peregrinations he stayed at the lelanro arms which as you know is kept by miss ballard the name might suggest a connection well sir continued warwick warming with his theme i questioned mistress sally and learned but little yet i discovered that this ballard of london walter ballard was her brother what has that to do with the lelanros in my opinion it has a great deal to do with the lelanros retorted warwick with some heat only to-day madame Tot, while talking her elvish nonsense mentioned incidentally that it was a pity her fairy nephew had not lived "'What fairy-nephew?' "'You know well enough, Price, "'though it pleases you to assume ignorance. "'I refer to the brother of the late Louis Lelanro, "'the father of Miss Cecilia.' "'I don't quite follow your argument,' said Price dryly. "'However, I will concede, for the sake of further discussion, "'that there was a fairy-nephew, "'by which I suppose Madame Tot means a dwarf like herself.' "'What then?' what then can't you see the connection no i'm very stupid indeed you are no such thing price it is sheer obstinacy on your part however i shall explain my belief a dwarf was born to lelanro and unwilling to incarcerate another inmate in the secret chamber he took means to rid himself of the unfortunate manikin i believe that this ballard was given the dwarf to get rid of Ballard took the poor creature away, and, I fairly believe, sold him to Autolycus, who— "'I see,' interrupted Price quietly, "'you think that your father, the dwarf, was the son of Lord Lelanro, and that you are the cousin of Miss Celia, and the heir to the title and estates. I congratulate you on your imagination, Mr. Warwick.' "'Do you find the idea so very ridiculous?' demanded Warwick, angrily. "'I confess I do not.' that a noble family like the lelanros should have dwarfish children is to say the least of it remarkable these dwarfs are not monstrosities but are perfectly and gracefully formed tiny men and women my father algernon was the same he was as handsome a dwarf as madame the man who is supposed to know my history comes from this village he was i believe a confidential servant of the lelanros and further madame tot inadvertently admits that a dwarf was born to her brother now dr price all these facts make me believe that i am sprung from none other than the lelanros and what is more i believe lord lelanro knows it oh you think so replied price sarcastically i do else why should he treat me with such unexampled kindness after hearing my story i showed him the paper bearing the date of my father's birth and if madame tott is to be believed he must have known that he had a dwarf child born that year again he wishes to see autolycus for what reason if not to question him concerning his purchase of the child from ballard with these facts and they are facts to go on can you wonder at my belief that i am really a lelanro price rose from his seat with an embarrassed smile and took a turn up and down the room when he stopped it was before warwick at whom he looked with some interest you are a very clever young man mr warwick and show an observant and logical instinct far beyond your years "'You should have been a detective, for you have formed a very feasible case out of—nothing.' "'Nothing!' Nothing, repeated Warwick, springing to his feet. "'If out of nothing, where is the fairy nephew born to Lord Lelanro, and referred to by Madame Toot? "'I shall show you,' answered Price, going to his desk, "'that a dwarf was born to Lelanro, I admit. But as to where he is, I can dispose of your doubts in that direction without much trouble.' So saying, he took a key from the desk and motioned to Warwick to follow him. Incapable of extorting the truth from this obstinate old man, the youth obeyed in silence, and soon they found themselves in a long dark passage at the farther end of which was a door. This Price unlocked, and they issued immediately into a quadrangle of no very great extent, looking spectral in the chill moonlight here and there on the green sward rose tiny headstones glimmering whitely in the cold shine and warwick had no need to be informed by price's next remark as to where he was this mr warwick said the doctor gravely is the burial ground of the lelanro dwarfs from the first of those unhappy beings born in the reign of charles stuart down to Luke, the dwarfish brother of the present lord, they are all here laid to rest. After my lord's brother, however, another dwarf was buried here. You shall see his grave. He led the way to the end of the quadrangle, and stopped, before a small swell of earth, at the head of which sparkled a white marble stone. In the bright moonlight, Warwick could plainly decipher the inscription, and fell on his knees the better to discern it. You see, said Price quietly, that it is erected to the memory of Albert Lelanro, born in eighteen forty seven and died in eighteen forty eight. Here, Mr. Warwick, lies the dwarfish son of my lord, through whom you would connect yourself with the Lelanro family. Warwick covered his face with his hands. The downfall of his hopes was complete. End of chapter thirteen.